few movies, take a few notes. <laughs> Yo, it's fun. <laughs> Got some money burning a hole in your pocket? I have a great way to help you spend it. Head over to Capital Costumes on Etsy. Etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash Capital Costumes. C-A-P-I-T-O-L-C-O-S-T-U-M-E-S. And pick up a sweet 3D printed horror video game or just pop culture in general, piece of artwork. The stuff is the best. So again, go to etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash capital costumes. C-A-P-I-T-O-L-C-O-S-T-U-M-E-S. Tell them I sent you. And use the code XHRPODCAST for 15% off your order. What's up, Goreheads, and welcome to another episode of the Extreme Horror Replay Podcast. And we apologize for last week. We had a busy week with Memorial Day and yada, yada, yada. I have my beautiful wife sitting with me, Nancy. Nancy, my beautiful wife. Mm -hmm. She's over there. (laughs) It has been a while because the last two episodes were recorded were recorded like two or three weeks before we put them out. So it's been about three or four weeks since we recorded last. Yeah. Actually, no, no, no. We were with uh, little Ben. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, so it we seems did. like it was just like yesterday. Was it yesterday? Two days ago. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But yes, my beautiful, lovely wife, Nancy, is with me. And we have covered a show today. Uh, just got done watching it. But before... We get into that. Uh, the Queen of Would You Rathers has another one for me and herself and for you all to play along. Which, by the way, uh, while we're on the topic, if you guys want to play along with the Would You Rathers, um, feel free to hit us up on Instagram and, and let us know what uh, answer you pick for the Would You Rather. So, um, without further ado, uh, Hunt, go ahead and hit me with that. Would you rather? Okay. Well, <clears throat> in the spirit of the movie that we just watched. Okay. Would you rather be sentenced to prison for the rest of your life for a crime you did not commit? Okay. Or be castrated by your spouse for cheating? <laughs> you, <laughs> you literally just got done telling me that you were going to pick a would you rather that would apply to both. Women can get genital mutilation <laughs> i don't think it's the same it is Ugh, come on man um, that, yeah that's a good one so answer yeah i know the, the more you argue with me about the, the would you rather the better it is <laughs> <laughs> all right so okay sentenced to prison for a crime i didn't commit Sentenced to life in prison for a crime I didn't yeah. commit. And I don't want to hear any horse shit about I would never cheat on you or I would never commit a crime because this is all hypothetical. We're saying that you already had done the bad thing. Okay. Or didn't do the bad thing. Right. If, if that was the one. That okay. So, okay. So 
sentenced to life in prison for a crime I didn't commit, or without the possibility of parole, without the possibility of parole, or be castrated by my <laughs> by my spouse. <laughs> Jesus, man, <laughs> um, that's a lose lose. Well, that's why it's a good one. Because if you're in prison... Well, I'm not going to give you, like, would you rather open an Easter basket or go to prison? And we're talking about, like, <laughs> two horrible situations here. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. So I'm not in prison, but I don't have... You have no... Let's say for the women, it is um, genital mutilation. And for the guy, you get the cock and balls all cut off. Okay, so why don't you get your tits... And genitals cut off. Then you'd have to put the tits on a man, too. Because they're both erogenous zones. But if you're... Yeah, okay, but the cock and balls. <laughs> it's two separate entities. Well, that would be like a woman getting her ovaries taken out. Her ovaries would be like the balls. Okay. okay. No. We're talking about, like, clitoris. Then you can't do cock and balls. Why not? Because it's two separate things. It's not my fault that your stuff is all exterior and ours is all interior. But it's two separate things. It isn't. Yes, it is. Okay. Have you ever seen a cock and balls before? <laughs> I think one or two times after 28 years. I think. <laughs> okay. So it's two separate entities. There's the twig and there's the berries. So I, I'm not understanding both punishments, whether it be on a male or female, would prohibit you from having any kind of sexual gratification for the rest of your life. So why wouldn't your boobs count? Okay, then we'll say the guy's boobs too. But that's not an erogenous zone on a guy. Oh, the hell it's not. <laughs> no, you have to pick. You either No, no, no. This is my would you rather. You're going to have to pick. You no, either... we're not. No, no, no. My would you rather. Nope. You told me to come up with something. I am expanding on it. I don't need you to expand on it. I want you to answer the question. You got boobs and love button. If you're getting cock and balls, you're getting boobs and love button. All right. I'll, I'll play your little game just because I know what my answer would be regardless. It would be the same. You're going to prison? I didn't answer. What's your, <laughs> what's your answer? <sighs> no conjugal visits. <laughs> do you need conjugal visits in prison that's what conjugal visits are yeah i know do you need conjugal visits in prison i mean if you're going to a federal pound me in the ass prison let's just say that there's no possibility of conjugal visits anyway all right if you <laughs> yeah no this isn't easy <laughs> yeah i don't know uh -oh. gotta pick one yeah, I know. I'm just trying to think which is the worse of the lesser evil, or which is the lesser of evil. This is after you strong-armed me into uh, modifying the would you rather, and you still can't answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but for you, it's different. It's not. It is different. How is it different? Because I don't, I don't know how it's different. It just is. <laughs> okay. I, okay. All right. I guess... Is there a caveat where there's no forced rape in prison? No, you're in going to prison. You're not going to get like a protective bubble around you. <laughs> is it is it a level one, two, or three prison? In other words, is it like a blue collar prison, a white collar prison, a supermax prison? It's a, a criminal pound you in the ass federal prison. 
then I guess I'm taking the genitals off. I, I, yeah, I'm taking the genitals off. Cock and balls, both of them. Okay, then you get the tits and the button, if that's yeah. what you choose. Yeah, that's what I was going to choose. Okay, all right, fair enough. You <laughs> See, you can't... The point I was trying to make is that your your boobs and your love button are both erogenous zones. Correct. Yes. If you don't know this after all these, oh, I'm just okay. Okay, yeah. Okay, so if you're going to take both of the male genital erogenous zones off, then I think it's only fair that you get two of them taken off. All right, I already agreed to that. Okay, <laughs> that's my point. So you're getting them off. Yeah. Okay. Why? You answered first. I want your your response. I just, I couldn't do prison with this pretty face. <laughs> <laughs> I would do it because females and males too, I guess to a certain extent. I don't know. I've never been male as far as I know. A female can have an orgasm in her sleep. You don't need anything. It's all like in the brain. <laughs> that is That's cheating. No, it's not. <laughs> I can't. You're going to pull that out. Yeah, on I me? wouldn't need I wouldn't need anything if I was I'm super frustrated. It's going to happen. Whether or not I have a love button or boobies. <laughs> what do you call it? A clitoris. <laughs> I was trying to be fun about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You tell me. Tell you what? Why would you choose? Why would I choose? I just said I would never survive in prison with this a face. A real answer. Being away from my loved ones, I could. There's no way I couldn't do that. So you'd you'd rather like still got a tongue, but yeah, if it was yeah, you, you wouldn't even want to use it. If you if it was you who cut them off, why would you care? I wouldn't care what you did you because s- you it would said be... it was the spouse that cut them off. So why what do you, why why do you care? Because if you remember initially, it was your spouse castrating you for cheating. Okay, so. Why would you care? Why would you care? So that you would be miserable and suffer for the rest of your life? I wouldn't suffer without a cock and balls? You would suffer from both. Right. So what's your point? You asked me (laughs) (laughs) the fact that you would be castrated Mm -hmm. because you cheated Mm -hmm. implies that the spouse would have no use for you after because you cheated. Right. So why would you care what I picked? I I don't care. Okay. Then why are you asking? You brought it up. You did. Uh-uh. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Okay, so yeah, that's what I'm picking. Have your orgasm in your dream. Don't give me that bullshit. Oh yeah, like you've never had a wet dream, okay. <laughs> Apparently I wouldn't be able to, so I guess that's your too bad. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, okay, the movie that we watched, and this came on the recommendation of uh, Little Ben from Watching Films on the Toilet, and the movie he suggested, actually, and he didn't even suggest it for the show, um, but the movie that he was telling us about was called Hounds of Love, uh, from 2016, scores a 6.5 on IMDb, it is an Australian movie, and there were quite a few times where we had to rewind it to 
figure out the accent, what they were saying with the accent, or I didn't understand it. You didn't understand it at a couple points, and we had to tell each other what they were talking about or what they said. I remember one one time, and I had to tell you what they said. I don't remember asking you what they said. Well, you, there was a lot of points where you didn't know what was going on, <laughs> and I explained it to you. Not really. Yeah, like with the note. Well, there was stuff that I missed just because I got up. You were in the room when they figured it out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. 6.5 on IMDb, Hounds of Love, 2016. So the movie basically is, it's like Wolf Creek meets Suburbia uh, meets... I'm trying, there has definitely been, the, the concept of the movie has been done before. I'm trying to think of in what context. Well, it's also like the the case of Sylvia Likens, the girl next door. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like, yeah, it's a mix of like Wolf Creek meets suburbia with a dash of, uh, the girl next door thrown in. And now it is supposedly based on a true story. Based uh, on, on true events. Or Yeah. Based on true events. And of course, you know, well, so is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So that could mean anything, but it follows loosely based, loosely based. On true events. Much as your penis <laughs> if you were to cheat on me. <laughs> Why is it always me that cheats in your fantasies? I don't know. Why are men such jerks? <laughs> Not all men. Only men that cheat. Have I ever cheated on you? Not that I'm aware. Then why do you like to talk about it so much? Because it's fun. <laughs> it's not fun for me. It's fun for me. I get to fantasize about how I would... Seek my vengeance. Why wouldn't you rather fantasize about something that we do? I can't do that all the time. <laughs> all right. Whatever. So, <laughs> fine. I'm playing the odds here. <laughs> playing the odds of a cheater or non-cheater? Either. You are so fucked in the head. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going for more than your dick and balls then. <laughs> With that attitude, you may not ever get them again. Your tongue's coming out too. <laughs> okay so <laughs> i can't with you <laughs> fucking psycho <laughs> you've known me for long enough you know how i am i you yeah i you're right i do so okay <laughs> so basically the question is would you rather suffer the vengeance of your spouse mm-hmm or go to prison for the rest of your life for something that you didn't do. Am I literally okay? So, so we'll go back to that. Am I literally the only person that knows I didn't do it? If if I went to prison, would you know I didn't do the crime I was convicted of? It wouldn't matter if I. Well, I wouldn't be able to testify against you. So even if I did, you could testify on my behalf. You couldn't testify against me. But that's not my question. Would you know that I was in prison, wrongly accused? Um, yeah, okay, we'll say yeah. Okay. I still don't get conjugal visits. No. <laughs> Do you get to visit me at all? No, I'll be on with my next guy. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't do anything. <laughs> I'm sorry. Women have needs. <laughs> oh, come on. Hmm. You say you didn't do it. How do I know? 
I just got done asking you if you knew I didn't do it. I'd have to have my eye on you 24-7, and I don't. Maybe you did. <laughs> I literally just got done asking you if you knew that I didn't do it. I could say I don't believe you did it, but if I'm not there with you, so you around the clock, I there would be no way for me to know for sure. So you lied to me. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. I just asked you if you knew that I didn't do it, and you said yes. Okay, so if I knew that you didn't do it, right, you'd still be in prison for the rest of your life. Okay. There would still be no conjugal visits, and I would still have to seek affection elsewhere. But you can have an orgasm in your mind. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure my next husband will be, like, really turned on by that. <laughs> yeah. You ain't getting any of that. <laughs> Go have your own fucking dreams. Okay, I will. Yeah. <laughs> The movie starts out, <laughs> there's a bunch of girls in a gym class, and they're being watched. And you don't see who the watchers are, but they're all wearing these uh, schoolgirl uniforms with the plaid skirts and the white shirts and all that stuff. And one thing Nancy called out immediately was the fact that the only thing, well, not the only thing, but they're very focused on the chest and legs of these girls. Now, you don't see who's watching them. But you can obviously tell that somebody is. Um, school leaves out for the day. One of the girls from the class is walking home. And a car pulls up next to her. Uh, there's a man and woman in the car. And they offer her a ride because it's hot out. I mean, it's Australia, obviously. And this whole movie takes place right around Christmas. Um, Did you say Australia? Australia. It, it sounded like you said Australia. That's a big pet peeve of mine. All? Like Australia. Australia? Yeah. No, Australia. They're drawling. No. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I'll hear it on playback, but I don't think so. It's Australia. It's Australia. It's Australia. But, okay, again, before we get into the movie, I have some questions. We have some questions for the Australians. Um, first of all, why in the fuck are your door handles, or at least in this movie, like... Five feet off the ground. Mm -hmm. uh, here in America, the door handles are maybe three and a half to four feet off the ground. Actually, I think in old buildings, they're even lower because people were shorter. Which is odd because we have 10 foot ceilings. Right. But um, we have really low door doorknobs and we have really skinny stairs. Yes. So the people were obviously smaller. Okay. Yes. But remember back in the day, they thought that... Um, that getting a lot of cool breeze would like alleviate a lot of your illnesses. So if they had tall ceilings, perhaps that would mean that they could have larger windows that could be open to bring in the fresh air. That's just my, my, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe. I, don't I don't know. know. So, <laughs> okay. So yes. Why are your door handles so tall or so high? I should say, uh, the second question and Danny boy, Daniel, uh, from the Creepy Crap podcast, I'm specifically asking you, so I hope you hear this. Um, why are your door handles so high? Do all Australians have tiny Christmas trees, or do you guys go all out? Like, I mean, here in America, it's like a huge thing. Um, why is your Christmas in, well, let's see, right now, it's June here in America. I At guess Australia it's June. Is, it's hot all year around well i guess well right now it's june everywhere but 
<laughs> Not just here in America. <laughs> Thanks for uh, clarifying. Yeah. I was so, wondering. <laughs> <laughs> so their winter is in is is like right now. It's still warmer, obviously, than it is, you know, most everywhere else. But uh for Christmas, it's obviously that would be their summer because they're in the southern hemisphere. But do you guys go all out for Christmas or do you just have like little rinky dink like Charlie Brown Christmas uh trees? I would think not. I because America USA is such a capitalist country that mm-hmm. the whole like economy thing, I mean, people spend a lot of money and during the holidays and now people are like dependent on that. Well, businesses. Yeah. Some businesses, yes. So in Australia, then you wouldn't necessarily need, you know, if Christmas isn't a huge deal there. Okay. You know, then why would you Well I, that's I don't what know. I that's what I want to know is if it is a big deal or if it's just like like I said. Well, if you were to go on this movie, then it would be like, nobody even cares. Oh, yeah. yeah. Then that's what we were like. We were like, oh, yeah, I guess it takes place. It just happens to be around Christmas. But yeah, like, because they only had like the little Charlie Brown Christmas tree with a couple decorations on it. present underneath it. Um, So, yeah, that was our second or third question. I don't remember. There was more. I don't don't recall. Oh, there was the, um, is there absolutely no, like concept of curb appeal in australia <laughs> yeah because and in the u.s we like to have you know manicured lawns gotta and have the pretty... gardens and pretty gates and all that stuff but yeah. if you on this movie it looks like it's just like a dwelling and there's what looks to be a little bit of grass somebody's mowing the grass and there's not even grass to mow on <laughs> the was, beginning of the movie it was a dirt yard so that would be another thing. Maybe it's just too hot and dry there. I don't know. And the last question I have is, do all Australians have an Australian accent? That was dumb. So. Yeah, that you'll cut out. Yeah. Anything stupid that I say, you won't, though. Cut out a lot of your stupid shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, okay. So the girl gets picked up by the man and the woman in the car. You can... And this isn't shown, but you can very clearly tell that she was raped because you see her arms tied up to the bed uh, with with chains, actually. And she's got bloody wrists, you know, burns and, and or not burns, but contusions. You like that word, I know. Um, <laughs> like chain burn, I guess, or whatever. Lacerations. <laughs> lacerations, yes. <laughs> So as you know, doing a podcast is a labor of love. We love you, and you love to listen to us. If you'd like to love us a little more, you can visit our newly created Patreon at patreon.com forward slash xhrpodcast and consider maybe donating to the show. You get some cool stuff in return, so it's not for nothing. Or you can visit our Tee Public store, order up a shirt, a mug, a sticker, a magnet, a pillow, a mask, a phone case, you name it, head on over to our Public store and pick something up for yourself today. The easiest way to get there is to go to our Instagram page, xhr underscore podcast, click the link tree in the bio, and get to it that way. I'd like to give a very special shout out to our first patron, Mark, from A Podcast on Elm Street. Thank you, Mark, for being our first. And... As they're kind of they're they're kind of panning the room, 
and you see dildos and vibrators and yeah you see the chained bloody wrists there's bloody tissues or kleenex whatever all laying all over the floor and then you see the man of the couple uh digging a hole in like a wooded area and he has loaded something up into the back of his car which you kind of assume is the girl that they had kidnapped at this point we jump to the second girl oh you know what we never even drew the comparison with the last house on the left oh yeah 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 there was yeah okay so wolf creek wolf creek in suburbia mixed with last house down wolf creek in suburbia (laughs) wolf creek in suburbia mixed with last house on the left and the girl next door and did you kind of notice that that the perverted husband or I don't if they're married. The perverted guy. Looked like the dad from Family Ties? No. I was going to say it looked uh, like... Um, he not, did, though. Not Krug, but in the original Last House on the Left, the other guy, the gray-haired guy. Weasel? Yeah. No, no, no. Not Weasel. He wore a tank top. Weasel. Oh, Junior. Was it? I don't know. But he was wearing, like, the tank top, and he had the salt and pepper hair, and he looked... He was... That was Weasel. I thought Weasel was the, the, um, the junkie. Kid. No, that's Junior. The guy who does the stupid frog impression. Yeah. Yeah, that's Junior. Okay, I remember. Yeah. Weasel's the guy that gets his dick bit off, and Krug, obviously, is the guy with the black curly hair. But do you see what I'm what I'm saying? Uh, I think he looks like the dad from Family Ties more. Mm-hmm. In terms of creepiness, he definitely gives off Weasel vibes. Yeah, creepy, I mean. Yeah. I never would have thought dad from Family Ties. But... <laughs> he didn't think he looked like him? Was it Mm-mm. Michael? Michael Keaton? No, Michael Keaton is the, the other. That's Batman. Beetlejuice. Um, Michael Cross? Michael? Gross? Gross. Was it gross? Yeah. Yeah, Michael Gross. Uh, Okay, so <laughs> anyway, so they end up kidnapping a second girl. So much BS that you can't even like stick with the storyline here. They end up kidnapping a second girl, Vicky. Um, her parents are getting divorced, and she goes to spend the weekend with her mother. the The two parents are separated, so she goes to spend the weekend with her mother. She does not get along with her mother, so she ends up sneaking out of the house to go to a party to see her boyfriend, or to see her boyfriend, which one of the two, and. As she's walking down the street, she's approached by, you learn their names, are John and Evelyn, which are the creepy couple in the story. Um, They offer her a ride. She says no, but something. Then they offer her some weed for, like I think it was, damn it, 10 bucks for a stick uh, or a joint. And she eventually agrees. So she hops in the car and they go to their house. And like a moron, she goes into their house. Does go into their house. And they offer her something to drink. She accepts. And, of course, there was a drug of some type in the drink. So Vicky passes out. And they drag her, kicking and screaming, into this bedroom that you saw just a little bit ago. And they chain her up, slam the door shut, and that's all you see of her for now. Um, Vicky's mom. It was a, what is it? what's that, Night and White Hat, Night, Nights? Moody Blues, Nights and White yeah. Satin. Nights and White Satin playing, 
Yeah, by the Moody Blues. Okay, so anyway. Uh, Vicky's mom finally realizes that Vicky is gone. So she goes to... Huh? I didn't say anything. Oh. So Vicky's mother finally realizes that she's gone. And... <laughs> I'm so disheveled. <laughs> From what? I don't know. I don't know. Um, Vicky's mom realizes that she's gone. And... She doesn't really do anything about it at at this point. She calls the father. The father says, oh, she probably just snuck out to go somewhere, yeah. hanging out with her friends or Teenage whatever. Teenage girl snuck out to see her friends. Not anything like that is unheard of <sighs> anywhere. We've experienced that yeah. a couple times. Um, Vicky ends up wetting the bed, and Evelyn comes in to change her sheets. While she's changing the sheets... So you kind of get some foreshadowing that she has a little bit of compassion for the young girl. Did John tell Vicky or did John tell Evelyn to change the sheets? Maybe she did because he was OCD. I don't know. But I feel like she was she was nice to Vicky when she didn't really have to be a lot of the time. She didn't really have to be. And then it got to the point because and this, you know, you kind of learn this a little bit later in the story. But Evelyn is very jealous of Vicky because John, the creeper, likes Vicky more than he does Evelyn. The, John the Creeper likes young girls, and that's what turns them on. So if they, right. they get a young girl and they know that they're, you know, holding a young young girl captive, then they get turned on. And they in in the the movie, I mean, they show them all like the girls on the bed, and they're all like making out and whatnot, like turned on by it, like a couple of freaks. And even though. Even though Evelyn helps John get these girls into the house. She's desperate to um, get her, her spouse's approval, r- attention, yeah, like acceptance. She, and and uh, you really learn because Evelyn, and again, this is, you learn a lot more throughout the movie, but Evelyn is extremely jealous because John likes Vicky more. But at the same time, she's also helping John get these girls into the house. So you do come to learn that Evelyn is kind of a, like, what is it, Stockholm Syndrome? or but, I don't know. Like, I, I, I think that she's trying to, like, save her marriage. Because you see later on that, that she had had, um, she had given birth. She had a C-section scar, and then she had, like, stretch marks and stuff. So, you know, at some point, she had a kid. And they do kind of talk a little bit back and forth, and it's, it's it's very subtle, but she had kids, like Nancy said, and the kids were taken away from her. Because the room that Vicky is being held captive in has children's toys, baby toys, dolls, you know, or, or whatever it was. Um, so maybe Evelyn is feeling like she doesn't want her, her husband taken from her, too. She's, like, grasping at every last little thing that she can, even if he is fucking pervert and likes younger girls well and then didn't they at one point say that that's why they got the dog yeah was, the, was the husband keep, yeah the husband did say i got you the dog like to kind of keep her to keep her occupied yeah. or to keep her company or something why we would get what was it a, a doberman or a rottweiler i don't know it was, yeah it was a bigger dog i think it was a rottweiler it was a dango <laughs> um pomeranian would have done but okay <laughs> Probably a little bit more cuddly, too. Uh, <laughs> but you notice in the movie that they use the dog as like a guard dog for when the girl... That, yeah, that is true also. Yeah. Um, a deterrent. So Evelyn comes in to change the sheets, 
and Vicky and Evelyn kind of have a little bit of a back and forth. And you can kind of see that Vicky starts to see that there's cracks in Evelyn and John's relationship. Also, she she catches on to the fact that Evelyn said she has to use the bathroom. And Evelyn says, okay. And she and she allows Evelyn, girl, Vicky yeah. to go to the bathroom, which is kind of like more compassion than than you would think that she would have. Right. So she does have a very slight motherly attitude, Evelyn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as Vicky is using the bathroom, John comes home and. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so as Vicky is using the bathroom, John comes home and this is where you learn that he's got, or at least where we picked up on it, that he's got a little bit of OCD. He likes things very lined up and neat. He takes his shoes off at the door and he puts them on a, on a shoe rack and he's got to get them just, just so, just so they're, you know, just perfectly lined up. And then a little bit earlier in the movie, and I noticed it, but it didn't really tick until this point that he was smoking cigarettes and he had even the, the put out cigarettes lined up, like perfectly aligned in the ashtray. I'm wondering what the significance of that was. I don't know. Because, and you bring this up all the time, they bring something up in a movie, but they don't fully explain it. And I know you hate that. Yeah, well, a lot of the time, it, the explanation is in a cut scene. And That's also true. Yeah. There was no extra scenes in this movie, so I, we can't... Yeah, and I was, I was thinking about maybe the OCD has something to do with the fact that she's in bed and, you know, she soiled herself or whatever. But nobody is going like that when that happens that you don't necessarily true. have to have ocd for somebody to be all like grossed out <laughs> no i know i mean yeah i understand that so <laughs> <laughs> no poo play um well kink shame for that so <laughs> so john comes home he puts his shoes on the rack and evelyn and john start making out while john is watching vicky on the toilet he has the door locked then he goes in and he tells or he tells john tells evelyn that he's going to help vicky finish and they must have been in the bathroom forever because evelyn has enough time to pack a bowl smoke a bowl and then listen to a bong. Or, uh, you're right a bong i'm sorry pack a bong smoke a bong and then listen to john and vicky in the bathroom doing something and of course, she's like devastated because that's her husband in there with a, a young girl, and she's <laughs> well, right. desperately trying to seek his, trying to keep a hold of him yeah. somehow, seek his approval so, or something. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so <clears throat> John finally comes out of the bathroom. Uh, John and Evelyn start making out again, and while they are distracted, Vicky attempts to escape out the bathroom window. And as Nancy said, the dog is right underneath the window, barking at her and making a bunch of racket. Um, so she, she gets scared. She doesn't want to jump out the window because there's a what she thought thinks is like a this killer dog that right. going to attack her. Now, so rather than actually escaping, she just pushes the window open and then she pulls the old you know Scooby Doo trick and hides in the tub. So they, I don't know why Scooby Doo, not Scooby Doo. You know, I think, and I was thinking this when I was watching the movie, 
hiding in the tub. I, I don't know what that has to do with Scooby-Doo, but hiding in the tub. Mm-hmm. How is that any better hiding in the tub of your captor's house or just jumping out and risking it with the dog? So she might have gotten a hand bit off. She could still have gotten gotten away. I don't think she knew the veracity of the dog. She must have assumed it was... Are you getting that? She must have assumed it was, a you know, like a vicious attack dog. Yeah, but I would... I would take my chances. Okay. I mean, because either A, she's able to get away, and maybe, like I said, she loses a limb or two. Mm-hmm. Or B, one of the neighbors see that she's screaming and trying to escape. That would have been the better attempt. Yes, to, to get out of the, the bathroom window and start screaming her head off. Yeah. But instead, yeah, she opens up the window, makes them think that she has escaped while she's hiding in the tub. So they think she's escaped, she's in the tub, and then they start, they run around the house and outside looking for her. They don't find her, so she gets out of the tub, she goes to grab a knife from the kitchen, and John comes up behind her and knocks her out again. Just as all this is happening, someone comes knocking on John's door, one of the neighbors, and he's questioning Evelyn about what the racket was. So Evelyn is explaining to the neighbor that John and Evelyn were fighting all the while John has Vicky in the bed with the knife to her neck and he's telling her that he or that she is his favorite and that he wants her all to himself even though Evelyn and John uh helped capture her yeah right so okay at this point Evelyn delivers a letter that she had made Vicky write she uh, says you're gonna write your mom. <laughs> was that Australian I, or I, English? I, I, I was, but <laughs> she said you're gonna write a letter and you're gonna tell them that you went off to um, Adelaide. Adelaide, yeah. And you are happy there, and you're not coming home. Don't worry about me. Yeah, I'm safe. I got a job. Um, as Evelyn is out delivering the letter and walking the dog. John tries to rape Vicky. Vicky shits herself to prevent John from raping her, which I don't know. I that, mean, that's pretty, pretty clever. But did she do it on purpose or did, was she not able to withhold it? You just don't know in a situation like that. I mean, if I was like being held captive, would I shit my pants? Probably. Okay. If you go back to, you remember the movie Split? Yeah. Um, when whichever one of his characters comes in to take the first girl off out and the big eyed girl tells her, yeah, the big eyed girl tells her to pee yourself. Is that just one of those like OCD things that, you know, I really don't think it has anything to do with, you don't have to be OCD to be grossed out by it, but it's still off putting to see that something like that happen. Um, And I don't know if I was being held captive in a bed where I already was made to like, pee the bed mm-hmm. i mean she's obviously not going to be going into the bathroom for like number two visits right and it has to come out at some point right and she probably just figures i'm in the bed and they're keeping me here and who knows if i'm gonna get out of here i'm just gonna shit myself i think it was i think she did it as a deterrent i can't because... shit on command can you <laughs> well, i can <laughs> <laughs> i have regular bowels you do not <laughs> But see, I think she 
she clocked John putting his shoes on the rack and making sure they were lined up just so. So I think she realized that he was a clean person or, or, or at least organized. So when he came in to rape her, I think her first instinct was, I need to get dirty to, to prevent him from touching me. Maybe, but that could have been a fetish. Well, then she would have been screwed. Right. Literally and figuratively. Right. So, but I, I think, what the, and this goes back to our discussion before, is that a kink or a fetish? I think that's a kink. I, I don't know. <laughs> but there was no way of her to know that. Well, no, she wouldn't have known, but I mean, you know, that's one of those things that's... Do you really think if you're being held captive, like, you would pay attention to the fact that the asshole that's keeping you held captive has OCD? Like, I wouldn't give a shit. No, but they very specifically showed her watching him line up his shoes just just so. So it was, I mean, they, they obviously... There's so many inconsistencies, though. I don't know. I mean, it's a calculated risk. I think the chances of him not liking poop on him while he was trying to rape her are higher than the chances of him liking poop on her while he's trying to rape her. But don't, like, regular rules go out the window when he's actually, like, a kidnapping person? I don't know. I've never kidnapped anyone. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I, I just think, that maybe in his, his normal life he has OCD, but maybe when he's being a kidnapping pervert... <laughs> I, there's no way is, knowing yeah i don't I, like i said i wouldn't give a shit i wouldn't notice ocd for the person that kidnapped me no but like i said i think it's just a calculated risk or maybe she just had to take a dump or or maybe she had to take a dump i don't know <laughs> <laughs> either way she had to move her bowels sorry vicky now kind of starts to play john and evelyn against each other she's she's really starting to see little things like john is is kind of pushing Evelyn around and Evelyn. Well, he's just an asshole period. He is, but I think Vicky sees it. And now she's, she's trying to play their, their differences against each other. Um, John convinces Evelyn to finally join him and Vicky for, I, I shudder to say fun, but what he would consider fun. And, but only, uh, so John, John gets Evelyn to join them, but only if John agrees to finally kill, uh, Vicky on Monday. And apparently they keep these girls for a week and then kill them. So Evelyn agrees and you see her carrying in the box that, uh, I would assume contains the torturous sex toys. John. After they're done, John goes into the woods again, and he digs another hole. Um, when he gets back from the woods, he notices that there's dog shit on the floor. And he tells Evelyn to clean it up. He calls for the dog. The dog's sitting in the doorway. The dog doesn't come to him. Because he's obviously scared. And John yells at the dog again. He yells again. And finally, the dog gets up and walks into the kitchen, and John loses it. And trigger warning. John ends up kicking the dog to death. Uh, fortunately, it is off screen, but you do hear the dog yelping and whimpering and crying in pain. Now, and Evelyn is like devastated because that's yeah the dog uh, that she has you know bonded with. Right. Yes. Yeah. Like we said before, the dog was Evelyn's kind of a 
like a here take place of the kids temporarily kind of thing. So she is understandably pissed. Um, the first letter that Vicky had wrote to her mother and her boyfriend had a coded message in it. And her boyfriend knew about this code from previously in the movie. We didn't mention it, but the boyfriend and Vicky have this, um, cipher. Yeah. I never would have come up with that word. Um, so they have this cipher that they use where like the first letter of every like second or third word uh, is, you know, it spells something out. So in the letter that she had wrote to her mom and dad, it actually gave the address of a house across the street. So the mom, the dad and the boyfriend now go searching for this address because they realize the mother realizes that the address that she gave is only just like two or three blocks away. And it's a mother's love and she's going to do what she has to do to find her daughter. Yeah. And even though the, you know, the mom and the daughter, mom and Vicky have differences, obviously, yes. I mean, you know, the mother's going to. And then what, what the part about her, the mother's uh, soon to be ex-husband being an asshole saying, I would have left too if I were her or something like that. <laughs> like, that's just cold. I mean, she's like. The mother left the father. You never learn why. So there's obviously. Because he's an asshole. <laughs> they, there's obviously some bad blood there. So, yeah, he's spouting off to the mother about how, you know, yeah, like Nancy just said. If I was her, I would have left too, because, you know, you're... That's like the last thing that you want somebody to say to you when your daughter goes missing. And Yeah, in this situation, I think it was a little uncalled for. Uh, or, well, a lot uncalled for. But the mom, the boyfriend, and the dad are searching right across the street for Vicky. And Vicky hears the mother yelling. She's yelling at the neighbors. Have you seen my daughter? Where is my daughter? I need to see my daughter. And... Vicky gets ready to scream, and just as she's about to, Evelyn comes up to her and holds a knife to her hand, or holds a knife to her hand, holds a knife up to her neck and covers Vicky's mouth with her hand. She, Evelyn, you can kind of see her start, like, she's just about to crack. Vicky is shooting her looks, like, please, that's my mother out there, you know, let me go. I Like, I'm not going to say anything, but just, like, please let me go. Yeah. I, I can hear my mom yelling, I'm dying The guy you're here. with is obviously a huge perverted asshole, <laughs> you know, let's relate to each other on a, a female, yeah. you know, a female sense that, you know, they both have this camaraderie. And, and one thing that I never that I never really thought of is that Evelyn knows the pain of being a mother that has lost her child. So I think Evelyn now feels the pain that Vicky's mom is expressing by yelling at her. Mm -hmm. And she also sees the pain on Vicky's face because she hears her mother yelling outside for her. Evelyn finally lets Vicky go. And just as she does, John comes in, knocks her down and then starts strangling her. And as John is strangling Vicky, Evelyn comes up behind him, sticks him a few times with a knife, the same knife that she was holding to Vicky's throat. And then uh, John lets her go. John lets Vicky go. And uh, uh, John doesn't let Vicky go. He has just been stabbed. Well, so he doesn't really have a choice. Well, okay. <laughs> He's so, laying there. But I mean, so with a stab wound. Yeah. So, okay. So John lets her go. 
because he's been but stabbed. He didn't. He didn't. She just she left. He didn't let her go. He had no choice. <laughs> then what would you say? John had been stabbed, so Vicky thought that was her chance to get out of there. But he let go of her hand or her, her neck because he was stabbed. So whether it's a let her go, he still lets go of her neck. It's it, semantics, of course, obviously. <laughs> but you implied that he was like granting her permission to leave, and that's not no, what he, happened. Okay, John lets go of Vicky's neck because he was stabbed. Doesn't let her go, but lets go of her neck. Thank you. Okay, so he stands up. He's looking in shock at Evelyn. Vicky stands up. She goes to leave. And as Vicky is leaving, Evelyn stabs John another, what, six, eight, nine, ten times? Two, three. It's a hell of a <laughs> lot more than that. <laughs> I, just, I just like to disagree with you. So, <laughs> so Evelyn sticks it to him a few times or more. And. Vicky escapes out the bathroom window that she tried to escape from before. Rather than yelling after her mom and dad and her boyfriend, she just walks pleasantly away from the house. And mom, dad, and a boyfriend have already driven off. Now, fortunately, See, as... you said, why would she not be screaming? Yeah. Right? She was just being strangled. So yeah. it's not like she's going to be like yelling, playing a tambourine down the street. And John let her go. <laughs> No, okay, so she she may not have the s total vocal strength, <laughs> but she's got to be able to at least, like, <gasps> you know, kind of thing, or throw something at the fucking car as it's driving off, anything. I, I, I think I would be more traumatized than anything else. And But she knows her mom and dad are right there. I mean, it, it, if you're going to, I mean, you just escaped a fucking week of torture. You're going to do everything in your power to get to make contact with these people mm -hmm. if that means you're grunting but that's what i'm saying if she had the ability to do it she would have i know why they did it in the movie because they wanted to play up the tension well, yeah because evelyn comes and stands right in front of her but she does let her well, walk you, and off and you played right into that saying mom's gonna leave mom's gonna leave <laughs> uh, because i i knew it was gonna I mean, happen they, they wanted you to to think that so the mom, dad, the boyfriend, they drive off down the road, and as it just so happens, the mother looks back in the rearview mirror, and she sees Vicky walking down the road towards her. The mother stops, gets out of the car, runs back to Vicky, they hug, and then the credits roll. Why do you have to be so damn argumentative? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, if you wanted me to sit because here and fun. just agree with you throughout <laughs> the entire thing, that's not going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> All right. What do you give this on the gore score? Gore score? I mean, there's the one scene with the poop <laughs> and the pee. Yeah. But there, I mean, besides the stabbing, and they didn't show the dog. If they showed the dog, that would be, like, horrible. Right. Um. So but, gore score, like. But, I mean, obviously there was also implied rape. Or not implied. I mean, there was rape, but they didn't really show it. Would so that be considered? It's not gore, though. So I would say gore well, score. Gore and violence. What was that? Burp. Oh. <laughs> gore score would be two in my book. Even with the implied rape. I mean, because you know she was raped. Yeah, but that's not gory. It's still violent. Two. <laughs> All right. And your, over <laughs> your overall score. 
Um, I would say six and a half. Six and a half. Yeah, I'd probably watch it again, but it would be one of those movies where I'm like, we've never seen this movie, have we? And then you'd be all like, yeah, I remember we saw it. We did a show on it or something like that. <laughs> like 90% of the stuff we watch. You love doing that. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, that's not bad. I, I, okay. It does keep your attention. That's, that's did a you, big thing. But did, did you feel the, the tension? I mean, because there were some scenes where, and especially right at the end where she's trying to escape and we were both yelling at the TV, like, come on, get, you know, get her fucking attention kind of thing. We watch a lot of movies like that where somebody's being held captive and it's very hard to try to come up with something new and innovative because they've done it to death. Well, I mean, because we're trying to learn new techniques, right? But (laughs) (laughs) Uh learn what works and what doesn't. It it's just I, I, there wasn't anything that that stuck out to me as being innovative or completely original. Okay, so you didn't feel the tension or the like the anxiety. I figured with the amount of time and effort they put in to the mom looking for her, mm-hmm. it would have been more. The audience would have been angrier if she hadn't have found her. Oh, yeah. And you sure. don't want to watch. You're like, oh, that movie fucking sucks. I'm not going to watch that again because <laughs> the mom drove off. No, yeah. they want to give you like, what is that? There's like rising action. I mean, that and... would have been a bleak ending. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody wants to watch a movie where the, the ending is like. But even you said when I thought the mother was just going to drive off and keep going, even you said, why doesn't she just get the attention of one of the neighbors? Yeah. So eventually somehow but you said she was like leaving you said she's gonna drive off and i said she just looked in the rearview mirror yeah well i was yeah i was writing at the time but yes so so i mean at least you thought that there was some way for her to get out of there we've seen movies like this enough that i know that what it's it's gonna end a higher probability of it happening. yeah there's especially with a movie like this where it, it doesn't really get off to like it doesn't really reach a crescendo mm-hmm. i guess you could say um and with the kind of movie that that doesn't seem to reach that point it would seem like it would not make any sense for the mom to not end up finding her because you gotta have something something very dramatic and something very so, poignant so to make it a good movie you don't think that so what you're saying if i if i'm gathering this correctly you don't think there was a point earlier in the movie where it was like like you said, that crescendo, that peak, no, where yeah. where there was something so bad that happened that if I really she don't. didn't make it out of there, you would have been like, well, let's see, you yeah, got, I kind of saw that coming. You've got her peeing the bed. Mm-hmm. You got her pooping herself. Mm-hmm. You have the dog being beat. You have Evelyn, and we kind of didn't touch on this part, but um, Evelyn was threatening to slit her own throat with a knife. Oh right, yeah. Um. And if if nothing really came to like, I mean, and you know, with film, there's there's rising action, and then there's the climax, and then there's falling action. There right. really wasn't any of that. Everything that was like rising and falling was at the very very end. Okay. So it had to reach some kind of conclusion, and it had to be something that would make you leave feeling fulfilled because the rest of the movie was not very like conventional, I guess you could say. All right. Okay. All right, fair enough. I get you. 
So, okay, then uh, for my gore score, I'm going to give this a four um, because of the, the gore, you know, like the, the gore and the violence. Obviously, she was raped. You don't, I mean, like Nancy said, though, there is not really a lot of gore in the movie, um, but the rape and... There's a lot of implied and, horrific stuff. Yeah, and you don't actually, you don't actually, like she said, you don't see the dog getting kicked. Um, you do hear it, which is bad enough or almost bad enough, but, and then you never actually see any of the rape taking place. Um, but obviously, I mean, Vicky's been there longer and longer. She's getting more and more bruised up and beat up and stuff like that. So I'm going to give it a four and gore score was the four. Gore score was the four. And I'm going to go just slightly higher than you and say a seven, uh, overall. Um, only because, I mean, I felt the tension a little bit more than you obviously did. And just seeing the mother drive off like that and, and Vicky not saying anything or doing anything to get her attention. I was like, come on, man, you gotta be fucking, you gotta be kidding me. It wouldn't really have, the movie would not have made any kind of sense if the mom drove off and she was never. Well, and no, and no, and I, and I get that. I understand that. But just, I felt a little bit more tension than you did, I think. So Okay, let me ask you this. If you were to compare this to Silence of the Lambs Mm -hmm. and the girl being held captive. Oh, in the the well. Yeah. Okay. What had you more sitting at the, on the edge of your seat? Um, this one. (laughs) You are so full of shit. I didn't have you, no. It did. No, because you've seen Silence of the Lambs like a million times. So, of course, it's not going to do the same thing for you as when you just watched this for the first time. No, and I, okay, that's a very good discussion point. I think with Silence of the Lambs, I think I kind of felt like, well, A, because, uh, what's her face? Starling. Is it Sterling? Starling. Clarice. Uh, she was in the house with Buffalo Bill. Okay. And now this is like, the mother yelling and screaming across the street is just like um, the FBI director and those guys going up and knocking on the wrong house mm-hmm. where they, you know, they pull up with the the florist or <laughs> flowers by yeah, indigo or whatever. You know what I mean? Man. You're kind of like like and on the edge of your seat, like oh, this is gonna be it. This is gonna be it. She found the house, and then when it turns out to not be them, you're like, ah, that's not the right house. Right, but and the bad guy's gonna win. Those the, like the movies that do that though, um, because it just like in this movie with Silence of the Lambs, they they're playing it out where you know you you like the guy is ringing the doorbell with the flowers and you see Buffalo Bill's doorbell ring. Right. Well, I guess all I'm saying is that with Silence of the Lambs, um, they were a little bit more like cognizant of what the audience was gonna. Like their the audience's reaction, they were like trying to, you know, be one step ahead of the audience. Okay. And it was very clever the way they did it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I would definitely say that Silence of the Lambs is a much better movie. Yeah. But I, at the same time, I also think I I kind of felt like the girl in the well was going to get out just because Starling was there at actually at buffalo bill's house well yeah after she actually found him right i'm talking about like when she knocked down the door of 
the wrong house and I was too busy looking for lotion <laughs> <laughs> and laughing at Bo <laughs> asking if she was a big old fat girl. Oh wait, she a great big fat girl. I feel like like the writing and the directing of Silence of the Lambs was a lot more rattling to the viewer, but it still left them feeling fulfilled because Okay, but why do you say why do you say Silence of the Lambs was more rattling? Because in my own opinion, it had me on the edge of my seat. It it built up. It had like, you know, like when with the um him being in the cage and, you know, listening to the classic music and then yeah, the guy he, comes in and he bites the guy's face off or whatever. Okay. That is like the climax. Mm. And so you're kind of distracted by that. And then when you see that she's going to the wrong house, it's kind of like, oh, then now this still has my attention, you know? So Fred, Frederica Bimmel's yeah, house. It, they like, they like take into account every thought that the audience might have while they're watching the movie. And they address that in some way. Okay. All right. I I mean, I, I can't argue with you. I'm just, I, I just think this one, when she was getting out of the house and the mother was driving away, was just slightly more. And maybe it was because Lecter made fun of the, uh, the girl in the well's mother. You know, I when love the, the suit. Yeah. <laughs> love the suit. I would like a mask like that. Like he's wearing in that scene. See, Not for my own personal use, but to decorate the Gore headquarters. <laughs> Aside from the, the fact that they were both movies about being like a woman being held captive. Mm -hmm. To me, they're apples and oranges because one is just like way in a different league. Well, at least this one was based on a true story. Roughly. Yeah, but, loosely. But, the, but okay. When I see a movie that's based on a true story, if it's really, really good. Right. Mm hmm. I want to I want to find out about that true story. I want to watch a movie about that story. What was this based on, right? Right. If we were to find out that Silence of the Lambs was based on a true story, which I mean it was like loosely based on a bunch of different circumstances. Yeah. But like I didn't have a desire when I was done watching this movie to find out what the real story was because it did not grab me enough to like intrigue me to the point where I'd want to do some investigating about, you know, the real circumstances of the plot. All right. All right. Valid point. If you'd like to listen to us bicker more about other movies, <laughs> you can, uh, you can find our show, uh, just about everywhere. We are on Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, uh, Amazon music, Stitcher, and many, many others. You can find us on Instagram at XHR underscore podcast. Uh, while you're there, you can send us a message. You can hit the link tree in the bio with, it has links to our T public. It has links to our Patreon. We got some really cool t-shirts. We have some, some, some merch you might want to be interested in to, you know, represent a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yeah. yeah. You can find, yeah. Everything you need is right there, uh, on Instagram. We don't really do anything elsewhere except for by word of mouth. So. Um, and there's not a lot of mouths out there. Only 7 billion of them. <laughs> if you like us, spread the word. That's all. That's uh, the biggest thing. Yeah. It hit that five star rating button on Spotify or give us a, uh, Apple podcast rating. And we're not asking that because, because we're not making any money off of this. We're just asking that 
you know, for our own accolades. Yes. And it does help. <laughs> it, But I mean, for every rating that's out there, it does help us, you know, help other people see it. So we're not begging you for money, but we are begging you for ratings. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's the end of this one. It's a two and a 6.5 from Nancy and a four and a seven from myself. Um, so for Extreme Horror Replay Podcast, I have been Ben, and I will say be safe and be good to one another, and then I will turn the mic over to my wife for her to say something snarky. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I mean, you know. <laughs> all right. Thank That's you all. all. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. Please tell a friend and, uh. If you, it, it, we'd be eternally grateful if you hit that, that, that rating button. So thank you. And or don't, we're not begging you. <laughs> <laughs> he is. I'm not. <laughs> we'll talk to y'all next time. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>